You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! series that aired on Lifetime was shocking, even for those who had known about these allegations against R. Kelly for years. Alleged victims came forward sharing their stories with the show's producers. Now prosecutors are saying they, too, want to hear from them. This shouldn't have happened. This morning, just days after the explosive docu-series Surviving R. Kelly detailed disturbing allegations of abuse, the Cook County State's Attorney in Illinois is urging any accusers to share their stories with prosecutors. We cannot do anything um, related to these allegations without the cooperation of victims and witnesses, and that is why I'm here today to encourage anyone who has information to please come forward. The prosecutor says at least two families have shared information about Kelly, but for now, they don't have enough evidence to file criminal charges against the multiple Grammy-winning singer. No matter how demeaning it felt or seen, you had to always just play along with it. In the Lifetime docuseries, accusers of Kelly's alleged sexual, physical, and mental abuse, detailing what they call his predatory behavior, including claims of sex with minors and homes filled with sex slaves under Kelly's control. It is a cult. The parents of Joycelyn Savage say their daughter has been brainwashed by Kelly and is powerless against him. They say prosecutors in Georgia have reached out to them about Kelly. I'm grateful. Uh, as a father, this means a lot to me. It is not just for me. Is for other parents. While Joycelyn Savage denied the claims to TMZ, her parents say Kelly's manager threatened them for going public, outlined in this police report obtained by NBC News. In 2008, Kelly was acquitted of 21 counts of child pornography. Unable to be reached for comment, Kelly has consistently denied any wrongdoing and has never been convicted of any related crimes. His accusers now say his time is up. It's about black women being taken seriously and being heard about the abuse that he's doing to women. So, Miguel, is there anything that prosecutors can do right now with what they do have from those two families that have come forward in Illinois? Well, for right now, there isn't much prosecutors can do, Craig. For criminal charges to be filed, allegations need to hold up in court. That's why the state's attorney in Cook County is encouraging alleged victims to come forward. There we go. Welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'm your host, Frank Styles, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. I wanted to thank everybody that uh, has tuned in to the podcast last year, and um, thank you guys for just sending your comments and your questions regarding the show and listening in. Uh, Juan is here. Juan, Happy New Year to you, man. I haven't spoken to you that much. We've we've been away for a minute, but I'm glad I'm back. Uh, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, my brother. Yeah, man. 2019, it is finally here. So um, we're going to yeah. get into a whole bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of things that we got going on and planned for the 2019 season. 
with the Styles Boss um, Network. So we're going to get into some stuff. But today, one, we also have a uh, special guest co-host in the uh, studio with us via telephone. She is the uh, owner as well as the uh, host of everything with Kathy B through the Source ne- uh, Source Radio Network. Miss Kathy B, welcome to the Let's Be Honest podcast with Frank Styles and Warren. Good evening, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me here. Hey, we appreciate you uh, taking some time on uh, today to come in and uh, record with us. Uh, Kathy is a pro. If you haven't had a chance to check out some of her shows and her network. You can check that out on um, Blog Talk Radio. Just do a search for everything with Kathy B. She has a lot of interesting topics that are out there. And, of course, you know, at the, towards the end of the show, if she chooses to, which I'm pretty sure she won't mind, she'll uh, be able to give all of her social media stuff so you guys can go and check her out. But today, guys, we got a lot to get into. And uh, the biggest thing, there are two big topics out there right now that I wanted to bring to this panel. Uh, first, uh, obviously the big thing, and we'll get into this as the show progresses, uh, R. Kelly, um, there was a recent, uh, documentary that came on Lifetime last week, six part documentary, uh, regarding, regarding R. Kelly and, um, some really, really shocking things in more detail, nothing that we haven't heard before and hadn't believed, but now more and more people are coming forward telling, giving us some insight on, uh, what's happening. So we're going to get into that. But let's start off with a little bit of news and notes. Um, one of the first things that I wanted to get into, uh, a little politics, as you know, Donald Trump is one of the topics that we always discuss on the podcast whenever there is news. Needless to say, that's all the time when it comes to him. Uh, but there has been a government shutdown. I'm not sure what day we are into officially. I believe it's day 21 or 22. I know we're in the 20s. But apparently... What 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 you say on that one? Yeah, so it's somewhere in the air around twenty one, twenty two, something like that. Somewhere around there, right? Twenty one, twenty two. Um, yeah. According to yeah. history, this is the uh, longest shutdown of the government that we've had um, in comparison to the past. And it looks like both sides of the demo, you know, between the Democrats and the Republicans, both sides are not budging. And I wanted to talk to this panel today about their thoughts uh, around this. One, let's start with you. Let's open up with you. What is going on with Donald Trump, and what is he thinking? And I want to know what your thoughts are on the government shutdown. Uh, well, he's just trying to fulfill the promise that he got elected on, that he's going to build the border wall. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he actually thought that it was going to take all of this to build it, but as it is, it is what it is. Um, I think a lot of people want the border wall, but they wasn't ready for it to happen the way that it's happening now. They weren't expecting to lose money because Trump said from the beginning that Mexico was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But not only is the government uh, employees paying for it by not being able to make a paycheck, but also it seems like the taxpayers are somehow or another going to have to front the bill themselves as well. So it depends on how you feel about your security. If you believe that there's a crisis at the border, or if you don't believe there's a crisis at the border. Because if you believe that there's a crisis at the border, then you can't really say anything about it because this is what Donald Trump got left you know. Mm-hmm. But if you don't feel like there's such a threat going on at the border, of course you're going to be upset about it because you're losing money and everything else that goes with that for something that you really don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of weigh it on both sides. You can't complain about, well, I don't have a paycheck now and all this other stuff going on, but yet this is what you want. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. But if you didn't want it, then I guess you have a right to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's just some. I got you. I got you. You know, he's been going back and forth um, about this whole situation. Um, the thing about it is, though, you know, he was basically set up by the Democrats when Pelosi and uh, Schumer came to visit him at the White House. I don't know if you caught that um, when they were meeting in the Oval Office and they were discussing, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he basically said that he would be uh, happy to shut down the government and he would take full responsibility for it. If that were to occur, um, they basically told him that they already had a bill that was ready to be passed so that the government would not be shut down and so that it could be extended to prevent the government from shutting down. And he was unwilling, unwilling to compromise with that. Um, and these are things that he basically said. So, again, this is nothing new. Um, he's throwing a tantrum and he's not getting his way. Um, he's even as went as far as to say, hey... If I were to cave in right now, that would not make me look very good to his uh, base. Um, Kathy, I know I know how you feel about uh, President Trump. What, what were your thoughts on the government shutdown? Because a lot of things that are happening with the government shutdown, some people are furloughed, which means that obviously they have to work regardless of not getting paid. Uh, and then you have those that are not working at all, um, living paycheck to paycheck, rent is due. Uh, they were supposed to receive those checks on Friday. That has not happened. What were your thoughts when you heard about the government shutdown and, and, and seeing some of the things that he's actually has said? Honestly, my my whole opinion on uh, Trump and his decision-making, and now we're into the government shutdown, my, my reaction is, is this really necessary? Mm-hmm. Because you have people that are suffering just as you said you have folks that are literally going to work every day and not receiving a paycheck is that necessary then you have folks that aren't where they should be day to day and not getting paid so my reaction is is this really necessary also too i look at it as his decision making is based upon his ego Mm. Really, and it's like he he wants to he wants to show everyone that this can be done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it, and if we all have to suffer based upon a decision or decisions that I make or their lack of, this is your result. And the fact that you have put him in the White House, you should have expected this to come. Mm. And that's my reaction on all of it. Mm. That's some. Those are those are some good points. You know, I I posted something on uh, on Instagram this morning um, because uh, they were talking about it on the news, and one of the Trump uh, supporters, one of the people that voted for him, was saying, you know, I, I'm behind Donald Trump. I voted for him, but I don't think that this is necessary because he's a federal worker and he's hurting, and um, you know, you know, I immediately thought I, I didn't get mad, but I immediately thought about to myself, America, this is what you voted for. This is what you wanted. And now you have it. And now that you have it, you have to deal with it. Um, It's one of those things where, you know, if he really, truly wanted to negotiate with the Democrats, especially since they have the House, he would, to your point, Kathy. But um, his book, The Art of the Deal, indicates that it's either all or nothing. And so this is what he is doing. Meanwhile, 
people that work on a day-to-day basis um, that have jobs and that have to support their families suffer because of his ego. So I, I definitely agree with you um, wholeheartedly regarding that. The other thing is um, I was listening to one of the news shows this morning and um, a couple of the senators says it all depends on, you know, what Donald Trump you actually get. You may have Donald Trump open to everything on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, you go and speak to him. He's changed his mind. So I, I really don't know exactly how long this can go. Um, from my understanding, there were some bills that were trying to be passed to reopen the government so that people can start receiving paychecks and start working. And um, uh, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head right now, but whoever the GOP head person is um, vetoed that or stopped it some type of way so that that did not happen. So it is a slippery slope when you start messing with people's paychecks, when you start messing with how they um, bring income into their family. And I don't know if he is going to um, see any good after this. I mean, his as far as his polling numbers, they were already as low as you possibly can get them besides being a zero um, in comparison to other presidents. But this is something that I don't I think he brings upon himself. Things things that he can do to prevent from happening, he brings upon himself because he wants to make himself look good. And then it backfires on him, and then he doesn't know how to react. So I, I don't know, Juan. I think that in this particular situation, the smart thing to do is to get the government back open and then come back to the table to negotiate. What what you think? Well, see, he already knows that if he does that, ain't nothing going to happen. So mm. basically, he's out of stalemate. He already knows that, okay, I'm open up the government. I'm going to have to sit down with y'all, but y'all not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So he's going to try to make his point proven if you want this to happen, you're going to have to give me what I want. Mm. I want this wall built. I don't want nothing else. But see, here's the thing, though. He already knows that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that he already knows that Pelosi is not going to give him this money. She said a dollar. So he says that this is the only way he's going to be able to do it. She said <laughs> a dollar. Me <laughs> she said she, dollar. She, she, <laughs> she said she'd give him a dollar. So I was cracking up with that. But... Um, here, here's another piece of information that you may or may not know, right? Um, in, in, in the American people, all of them may not know. Here, here is they do have a point though, and and uh, again, and I'm I'm coming in the middle, being an independent here, of coming in the middle. Um, they gave him five point five billion dollars uh, last year, of which for border security, of which he's only used one percent of that. So there are some points to what they are saying. Yes, they know border security is important. Yes, they understand that you're going to have people coming through. Um, But there are a lot of questions about, okay, you only use 1% of what was given to you previously. What are you doing with the rest of that money? You know, do you have it just sitting in a slush fund somewhere? Um, as far as walls go, I, I don't know. Um, a, a senator proved a point or a congressman proved a point by climbing on the current walls uh, that were there and showing that you could climb on top of that wall and that that's not going to prevent anybody from coming in. Um, and uh, and then, too, you keep hearing you, you want border security and then you want a wall. So what Trump is saying is border security is a part of the wall. That's what the wall is. Others are saying, no, border security is money to fund for more ice, um, um, you know, uh, people for ice to be able to come and, you know, and secure the border. 
um, and, and to put some things in place, more security in place to prevent people from coming over illegally. So I, I, I don't know. I just know that when people are hurting and they can't provide for their families, that can be a huge issue. They're already protesting. They're already in the streets. And I guess we're at the point to see of who's going to blink first. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's crazy. I don't know. That's uh, that's a tough yeah. pill to swallow, man. It is. But I think all of this didn't come about until this thing about the uh, people that were coming up over the summer and over the uh, fall mm-hmm. from Guatemala and all these other Before all that, when he had the Republicans in every branch of government, he could have did something then. Correct. But it wasn't until election time that all this other stuff started happening that now he wants to build a wall. So mm-hmm. why didn't you build a wall when you had the greater chance of being able to build a wall without going through all of this? That's right. That's right. Um, and, and again, that's a political backfire, right? You... You you kept saying they were bringing drugs. You were they were you know bringing terrorists coming over the wall. You said this most recently in a couple of weeks, but now you now it's backfired on you. Now it's about who's going to blink. Um, you know, I tell you what, man, and I and I always try to look ahead, but the last thing you need is over eight hundred and fifty thousand people who are employed by the government without a paycheck to have an uprise because it's no different than putting a any, um, and we talked about this on previous episodes, one where you put a group of people into a group and you give them inadequate things. They're not able to provide for their families. They're not able to um, get adequate, you know, access to adequate health care, things like that. And the next thing you know, crime goes up. People are trying to, you know, take care of their families any way that they can by any means necessary. And the next thing you know, you have riots. And so I hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope somebody blinks. Um, if he really, again, this is another, the, the downside is this is a, an opportunity for him to be presidential, if you will, because of who he is and how his personality is. And we've seen it. And those that know him know how he is. He can swallow his pride and say, okay, here's what I am willing to do and give you. Get the government open if you give me X. Um that's being more presidential, which is, you know, something he probably won't do. Um, but if you're unwilling to negotiate, unwilling to negotiate those, I don't see how Republicans that back him are going to be able to stay in that place. Um, eventually, they're going to begin to fall off. And when they fall off, more pressure is going to be put onto him, especially if things are brought forward to say, hey, we have a bill here ready to sign. All you got to do is sign it. And you're not willing to do so. So, Kathy, do you do you think that he can hold on to um, some of the, the the people in in Congress uh, that are staying behind him? Um, but here's the here's the deal on that. What I did notice, and, and I don't know if you guys noticed, when they talk about defending him and staying behind him, they don't talk about the wall. They say we're with the president, but they don't say anything about the wall. You know. Um, right. That's mm-hmm. the that's the funny thing. They never say anything about the wall. So obviously we know that they probably don't want the wall. They're not concerned about the wall. But I, I guarantee you in the back of their heads, they're also thinking, I don't want to be stuck out here with people who voted for me. And I can't. And these people are in government and they work in the government and they're without paychecks because mm-hmm. they're going to start looking at them, too. So what do you think, Kathy? Right. How, how long can they hang on? Again, I'm going to go back and say this is all about about ego. You made a, a, a very valid point when you stated the ones that backed him 
only speak to the fact of them doing that action. Mm-hmm. That's the president. But you also understand, too, when you look at Donald Trump, Donald Trump is so focused on one particular area, okay? And he's focused on the border. All the, the things that he should be speaking on, he only touches. It's the surface base. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's all about control. It's not about what can we do for the nation's people. Because his slogan was, let's make America great. Okay, you're not making America great when you're putting them at the hands of suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just as you mentioned, you know, he had over $5 billion and only 1% was used to what he clearly has a passion for. So with that said, okay, so if there's allocated money sitting somewhere, then you need to pay the people that are not getting paid right now with the money that you're not using. Yep, yep. And he's not thinking like that. And again, I I, I go and, and say the people that are backing him should bring that to his attention. So... All of this make America great. You're not doing that. Right. Because you're too busy pounding on your chest, telling people who you are, and you're doing absolutely nothing. That's facts. And I truly believe that it will go on as long as he wants it to go on because he's trying to prove a point. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other thing, The other thing about him is, you know, He's too, you know, he's, I don't know if he's so caught up um, with the pressures that he's had. He's had 12 people from his camp that have been indicted uh, on uh, federal charges. Um, There was something recently in the New York, um, the New York Times, um, where there was supposedly an investigation uh, going on about him, a secret investigation going on about him after he fired, after he fired, uh, um, not Mueller, uh, the FBI director, Comey. Um, uh, so they were trying to see, and the, the way that I heard it was they were trying to see if Donald Trump, and this is crazy, the president of the United States was an agent for Russia because of so many things going on. And when he fired, uh, Comey, what ended up happening was he, when he fired Comey, they, they took that as a sign almost of you were trying to get rid of this investigation regarding rushing meddling. So um, not to mention all the other things that he said, you know, regarding Russia and the way that he acted regarding Russia. I just don't know if this guy knows how to play nice. I, I don't think he does. But the one thing um, that I'm going to ask both of you guys about, and, and Juan, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. A reporter asked him on the uh, on the on the uh, uh, on the West Lawn or wherever you know the president comes off when he's walking on the lawn. They asked him. Um, you know, Mr. President, what about the 800,000 people that were out jobs and um, that are not receiving paychecks? What do you say to those that can't pay their mortgage, that can't pay their rent? Can you relate to that? And he said, yes, I can relate to it. And I just shook my head. I shook my head because Donald Trump has never had to relate to anyone that had to work hard for anything in his life. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, so there is no way that he can relate to Um, anyone that is living paycheck to paycheck or only, you know, can only pay half of their bills or pay their daycare or whatever that money may need to be used for to eat. 
Um, so he ha- he has no clue about what that is. And for him to say that, I was like, this guy, if, if anybody can't see that this guy has a problem, um, then there's something seriously wrong with you because him answering that question, I mean, obviously he's the president of the United States. You don't expect to have him answer, you know, to say, no, I can't relate. But he could have articulated it. He could have said, you know what, you know, to be honest with you, no, I can't relate to that. But I do feel their pain and we're going to do something to get the government open, uh, reopened so that they don't have to keep going another month without a paycheck. There's certain ways that you respond to questions and certain ways that you can answer them. And you don't have to worry about how you look. But when he the way he answered, he can't relate to that. He's saying, you know, oh, um, speak with um, speak, speak with your, you know, uh, your your landlords and. They sent a letter out, and I don't know if you guys heard about this, but they gave these guys letters to give to um, their landlords to for trade, saying, do you want to border something for rent? And him being a landlord himself, holding you know, multiple properties in New York City, he knows that's not how the game works, because a lot of these landlords take the monies that they're receiving to pay on their own mortgages or other properties that they may own. So that hurts them as well. It's not as easy uh, to go and do what they're asking. And, and that's what I mean by this guy is an out of touch president. So I don't know if you caught that one, but just from what I'm telling you, what do, what do you think, man? I believe that a lot of people in the government are like that. They just don't understand what the everyday man is going through. Mm-hmm. Even on a democratic side, they may say that they're for people of whatever but they really don't understand because they really don't live the kind of lives that we live. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. They can stay off work and not do their job and still get paid. So if you miss a day, that might hurt you from eating for a week. Right. So it's very hard for even in a government level for people to really understand what a common man is going through. But I heard somebody have an idea of not that it probably would work, but going to the bank with a paste to it, up and say, well, you know that I'm part of the government and trying to get a bank loan. Now, if the banks were behind that, then it wouldn't be a problem. Because mm-hmm. how greedy they are, they don't care about anybody but themselves anyway. Right. So there's ways around this stuff that people will be able to come together and work together. But it's not even like that, because all they're looking at is, this is Trump doing this, we don't like Trump, and we're going to do everything that we can to make Trump fail. Mm-hmm. It, it just makes me wonder that if... Obama was trying to do this. Would they be behind Obama, or would they do the same thing that they're doing to Trump? Yeah, that is. So uh, we have, they have to understand that a lot of a lot, they need to understand that them being political is really hurting the country. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do it for one person, you shouldn't do it for another person. If you're going to do it for somebody, then you should do it for the other person as well. Don't don't make other people suffer because you have a problem with this man. Right. I'm not saying that he's a good person. Not saying he's a bad person. But don't put politics into it if you don't like this person, but still do what's right for the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try to come up with some kind of idea that, that the country is not going to suffer because you have a problem with this man and you don't want him in office. And that's what people have to look at. Not just, not just well, I don't like Trump, so I'm not going to let anything that Trump does get by. But think about the people that are actually being hurt and suffering through this stuff that y'all are doing. When y'all are playing politics up there, y'all have two or three houses that y'all can go to. Mm-hmm. What about the person living in the apartment that's living paycheck to paycheck and they're depending on their paychecks, but y'all are just up there financing each other and, and finessing each other just to make a point when it really doesn't matter to y'all, but it matters to us. Right. The other part that I thought about were the TSA workers, guys. The, the TSA workers at the airport, 
they have they're furloughed, so they are working for free basically right now. My other concern is, and again, I'm always thinking ahead. If you're working for free, am I going to do that job as as normal as I you know as good as I normally do, or am I gonna am I gonna half-ass do it? If you half-ass do it as a TSA personnel, um, as a TSA guard or whatever they're referred to as in the airport, it's quite possible something else could could happen. Uh, somebody from another country could take yeah. advantage could take advantage of this current situation. So it is a very, very slippery slope with the way that things are going right now. Um, do you understand that, Kathy? Do you think, you know, because think about it. You know, I, I thought about this. I was like TSA agents because they were saying TSA agents were calling in more than normal because they knew right. the government mm-hmm. shutdown. So they're not getting paid. Right. So if I'm not getting mm-hmm. paid, am I going to do that job as good as I normally do? Or am I going to half-ass it? Mm-hmm. So, I, what do you think? I think, you know, some. I think some will uh, remain dedicated to the job. Uh-oh. Did we lose you, Kathy? I think so. I don't hear. We may have lost her. She'll she come back. We, we'll get her back on. Yeah, we lost her. I just heard her leave. But we, we, she'll come back on. Hopefully, she'll dial back in. Um, but, yeah, Juan, you know, are you going to, you know, that is a possibility. Somebody's half-assed doing their job because they're not getting paid. In a way, it's like, can you blame them? You would hope that somebody does the right thing, right? You would hope that someone says, hey. Yeah, you hope. Yeah. You hope that you're doing the job because you love the job, not right. just for a paycheck. Right. Right. And, and the other they, thing about what if that was your family member going to an airport, would you want somebody to have check them or somebody that's, that's near them just because you're going through the things that you're going through? That's right. That's right. Kathy, you're back. I am back. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's no problem. My, my response was, I, I truly believe that the PSA workers, the ones that are there, um, they're dedicated to that position, and mm-hmm. they'll do the very best that they can. And then there are some that are there that are wanting the money. So uh, it's just based on the decision. Right. But the, the one thing that I, as you all were speaking, I'm thinking about the fact that you have the Democrats in the House and then you have the Republicans and you have all these other people that are being affected by decisions. To me, I think that they need to instrument some of these programs that they're not working on to assist these people. There are things out there that you can give to them while you're in the decision-making process. I actually seen a news story um, a couple of mornings ago, and they were talking about people are now beginning to look at entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are realizing I am a paycheck to paycheck uh, family. So what is it that we can do? You have some of these people that that have been on these government jobs. Yeah, probably before she's traveling at. It's okay. She'll come back. Um, in the meantime, while we wait for her to come back. Going into the government Oh, position. there we go. <laughs> Kathy, can you repeat what you into said? The government you, position. You went, you went out okay, for a second for us. What I was saying us. was, I am so sorry. It's okay. What I was saying is that the, the news story that I seen the other morning, pretty much they talked about people igniting their passion. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want? You wanted to do prior to taking this government job. So why not? Do that. Also, I stated that there are programs that the government has not yet worked or they put aside. 
implement those programs to help people. Right. And I think that there will be a better outcome on the other side. Yeah, sort of but like... again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to this, 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 this ego. Mm-hmm. And if we can get beyond that, a lot of things will get accomplished. I truly believe that. Right. Um, I think that he is, I think there are only a few people in his circle that he listens to. Um, one, uh, is, you know, his wife, the other is his daughter, his daughter first, probably. It may take someone to, uh, within that circle to, um, you know, to get him to say, Hey, let's negotiate a little bit more. Um, you know, what, what's so bad about this whole situation is all these things he does, um, overtakes the good things that he's done. You know, a couple of the good things that he's done, um, such as the prison reform uh, thing that has taken place a couple of weeks ago, um, which a lot of black people were impacted by, you know, first-time offenders, things like that. Um, You know, you heard about it a little bit, but you didn't hear about it as much just because of this whole situation. Um, It's just a back-and-forth thing. And, again, uh, we've talked about this before on this podcast, Juan, at the end of the day, no matter what affiliation you are, whether you're on the right, whether you're on the left, whether you're in the middle, wherever you may be, or an, you know, or an independent, at the end of the day, government and politics should be on a bipartisanship type of, you know, in a bipartisanship way. It should be done that way. You can't do it where it's just all about my side. Well, I don't like you. When my president was in here, you you guys tried to do everything that you could so nothing could happen and vice versa. So now you're playing tick for tat. Even if he, especially with the person that you're dealing with, like a Donald Trump, unfortunately, um, somebody's going to have to blink uh, or something, a state of emergency is going to have to be put into effect. And I hope that some of those programs that Kathy B. was talking about um, can be used for, for uh, for those people. I heard one congressperson say they feel bad even taking a paycheck um, when government workers aren't getting paid. So my thought process is put your money where your mouth is. If you feel so bad about taking that paycheck, take that paycheck, take that paycheck and say, I'm going to take two families. It may not be much, but I'm going to take two families within my district that work for the government that are furloughed or out and give them the money or pay their rent or pay their mortgage or whatever you can do. You know, don't don't that's a this is a situation where you don't say things like that. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And if you are so concerned and you feel so bad about it, go ahead and give that money over to two families or one family and buy their groceries, buy whatever they need. Use your paycheck for that month to give to those families. That's how you show that you really care. And um, but in reality, how much are they really making those the government workers? Mm hmm. I mean, it's not like they're making fifty thousand dollars a month. No. So people in Congress and the Senate, they can lose a paycheck. Yeah. It shouldn't really bother them. Yep. I mean, if you've been in the in the government for the last ten or fifteen years, you should have some money by now. Oh yeah, you do. So how is that going? How is that going to bother you if you get one of their paychecks to help some people? It wouldn't hurt them one if bit. You really cared about their well-being. It would not it, one bit at all. Not one bit. To your point earlier, what you said, some of these guys have two and three homes. They have properties. Um, they own businesses. So there are, you know, they have plenty of places uh, where they have access to, um, you know, funding for anything that they may want to use it for. But again, you know, sometimes when it comes to money, that's when people get funny, right? 
Money changes a whole lot of different things. And you really, really see a person for who they are when it comes down to that type of stuff. So when they said that, I was like, okay, so just take your check and go take care of somebody within your district. You know what I mean? Like, um, as many contacts as these people have, you know, they can reach out to someone and say, Hey, I'm, you know, Congressman such and such and such. They're having issues with their mortgage. This is not, you know, none of their doing, you know, there are a number of different things that they can do. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we got a lot of people in Washington, unfortunately, y'all, that are out of touch with um, hardworking people like ourselves. And when you're out of touch with what's really going on, you lose reality, right? And I think that's what's happening with our government. They've lost a lot of reality. In the meantime, we continue to look like laughing stocks as a country, um, you know. And hopefully, uh, you know, some of this is going to change, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. So I guess we'll just have to keep a pulse on it and. Uh, keep an eye on um what's going to happen there so i don't know man you got any closing remarks on that on that one uh, just praying that this mess is going to be over with <laughs> and everybody <laughs> will get what they're trying to get yeah and that won't be such a burden or or, or problem to us that's right that's right how about yourself kathy any closing remarks regarding this whole shutdown yeah just you know Take a look at where we are right now. It's early enough in the year to where we can begin to focus on the new voting year. Mm -hmm. 2020, you have to make the change. And in order for us to make the change, we got to get out of our comfort zones and begin to work and begin to question these people who are saying, elect or re-elect me. Mm -hmm. Remind them of this very period right now and ask, what is it that you're willing and what is it that you're going to do? And that's what we have to do as a people, as a nation. I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, personally, me, if I, if I voted for Trump, I would be asking, where are the jobs that you promised me? That's what I want to know about. You're doing all these other things, mm-hmm. but one of the things that you ran on was jobs. Forget all that other government stuff. Y'all, y'all figure that out. You know, I know, you know, but what's up with the jobs? You know, we've heard about tariffs. We've heard about all this other, you know, political, you know, moving troops from Syria and this and that. That's that's great. Um, but what about the jobs? I haven't heard him say anything about uh, about jobs, you know, and and, and, and the thing about Trump is and in, in, in this closing is he doesn't understand. It's a domino effect for things that he does and the decisions that he makes. So, example, when he started the whole thing with the tariffs, just about every, you know, everything that's manufactured that comes here in the United States comes from China. Our electronics, our computers, a lot of things that we use over here on a day-to-day basis. Now you start fooling with the tariffs because you felt like the deal was a bad deal. Even if it was a bad deal, China's now going to play a game with you, which is what's happening. And when you start playing game with other countries and manufacturing, you cost other business owners here in the United States money. Um, so when GM was talking about how they, they've lost or their price points have went up over a billion dollars and they had to shut down different plants, that shouldn't surprise anybody. Now, in some cases, you know, GM is definitely taking advantage of some things because this is what GM does. They've done this over the years, but at the same time, don't give them an excuse to take advantage. You know what I mean? Like you gave them an excuse to say, oh, well, we're going to shut down those plants and keep this money over here because we've accumulated debt of a, over a billion dollars due to tariffs because of steel and things that cost money. Um, so, you know, 
I just don't think he thinks a lot. And unfortunately, he is uh, who we have uh, leading the country um, until, you know, somebody else comes in, um, gets him out of there. I'm pretty sure he'll have some Republican challengers. Uh, whether they'll be strong enough, I'm not sure. But we'll keep a pulse on it. We'll, 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 we'll see what's happening. Good old Donald, Donald Trump. He always has, gives us something to talk about. <laughs> um, moving on, let's get into our main topic. Uh, R. Kelly, who, um, uh, interesting documentary came out last weekend. Uh, not last weekend, last week. Um, Six-part series regarding R. Kelly. And it has been causing an uproar all over the place, on the news, online. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about I wanted to see from both of my hosts um, what they thought about the documentary uh, initially, because we've always heard these things about R. Kelly, but we really we we some type of way got lost um, in the music, or forgot about it, or maybe in the age of social media, it's just more in front of us. But that is our title for today: R. Kelly, episode nineteen, R. Kelly. Can you separate the music from the man? And so I'm going to open up uh, with Kathy and see what Kathy, uh, the, what her thoughts were um, in watching this docu, uh, this documentary on R. Kelly. Very interesting. Very interesting. The one thing that I can say about R. Kelly, I mean, he is a genius um, when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. But um, years ago, the one thing that I questioned was the relationship that he had with Aaliyah mm, right. and how close he was with Aaliyah. I questioned that back then, mm-hmm. um, especially seeing her actual documentary and how she portrayed herself around him. But at any rate, this is what angered me, the fact that the women are now telling these stories but yet, you knew he had a problem back then. Why now? Is it because of the Me Too movement? How strong the Me Too movement is? And we're now seeing people um, coming from years past where they've gotten abused and now they can speak about it. But with R. Kelly, you knew, you knew that something was going on at that time. Why didn't you say something then? Or why didn't you do anything then? I, I don't want to talk bad against the women that came forth. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud that they did. But if you watch the documentary, there was one young lady, um, and I can't recall her name right now, but she had cornrows. So it seemed as though that she had been with him for quite some time mm-hmm. because she was a backup singer. And she talks about the young ladies that were coming around, and and she said that, you know, she felt so bad that he would treat them a certain kind of way. Well, if you felt bad and you realized that he was doing something, you as a woman should take the younger girl away from that type of atmosphere. Because she stated she felt bad. Mm-hmm. Like, but you knew, which means you condone the act. So that's what angered me about the whole entire thing. This camp, 
press release. The fact that they knew something was going on, mm-hmm. but they didn't say anything. Yeah. The young lady that you were uh, referencing, um, I think I know who you're talking about, she had like on red, red on in the docuseries. She's like one of the first people uh, that they mm-hmm. sat, down, sat down with. And that was also the young lady that said that um, I think during the uh, on the bus uh, that uh, they had the bunks on the bus on the tour buses and they yeah, were. Pra- I, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, the the pranks. She wants to walk in on yeah. R. Kelly and uh, Leah having sex. Yes, she's the one that said that she walked in Bye. on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but the funny part about it is, it's you have this all these circle of these. You know all these people, and then you have your your tour manager. You have your dancers. You have your singers. You have your entourage. You have people that have known you for years, and you never you questioned it, but you never said anything about it. You know, uh, one what what you 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 watched it as well. What were your thoughts? I wasn't surprised. Mm-hmm. I just took it as. What we do a lot of time is that we know that people are doing wrong, but instead of calling them out and their wrongness, we want to try to look at the good things that they're doing. Okay. It's kind of like we all know who the joy dealer is in the neighborhood, but because we throw the block party every now and then and gives our turkeys, we, we let it fly out by. Mm-hmm. So for the last couple of few years, we've been doing that with R. Kelly. We know that he's been up to no good, but because he came out with hits and, and all this other type of stuff, you just let it slide, and that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what what we should be doing. I mean, even with the Catholic people, the Catholic Church, the mess that they were doing, mm-hmm. how is that any different? Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew that all these little kids were being molested, but because they want to keep up a repu- reputation and not have people look down on them, they want to keep it on the road. But if you allow stuff like that to happen, it's going to keep on happening. And I can't, and when I look at it, I can find a good person in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a good person in R. Kelly. I couldn't find a good person in whoever made him the way that he is. I couldn't find a good person in the parents that allowed their children to be around R. Kelly knowing that he was. They might not have any proof, but they hear her things going on about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Would you leave your child with somebody, even if you say, well, I'm not going to let my child out of my care, out of my vision, but you never know how your child is going to get away from get away from you. So why would you still put your child in that predicament just because you want to try to make money off of your child? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people were doing. They were looking at R. Kelly as, oh, well, this is accusation of him being a pedophile and all this other stuff. This is my opportunity to make myself and my child famous. And, and something really struck me. Okay. Out of the 30 years that R. Kelly has been making music, who has he put on? That's right. Who has he helped out? Besides Aaliyah and Sparkle, who has he helped out? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Why is it in 2017 you think that he's going to help your child and he ain't helped nobody the last 30 years? Yeah. What makes your child so special that he's going to do something for your child? So I'll fault them as well. Don't put your child in that position trying to make them famous and you think that you're going to make a meal ticket off of your child. That's that's the wrong thing to do. I agree. Your child may have talent. Find somebody else to help your child if you know that this person might have these accusations going on around them. I mean, even with the, the sex tape, for the longest, I was trying to kind of buy into that. They were saying that, well, it might have been his brother. Mm-hmm. But after seeing his brother on that video, that was not his brother. <laughs> his brother don't look nothing like him. 
Now he said he doubled for him though. Remember, maybe back in the day, maybe he was just you know a little yeah. bit smaller. But he yeah, said he doubled. Body double, not face double. <laughs> body double, not face double. Right. No, I I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're Nothing saying. Nothing alike. I can see maybe maybe in the body body double in the videos or whatever. But you look at their faces. There's no way any time and period they look anything like each other that they would be confused with one another. But not to me. But C one one would say this though in that situation regarding that video, right? One would say he was brought up on charges and he was found not guilty for it. Well, he was not found not guilty, though. That, uh, you know. Because that's what it all boils down to. R. Kelly paid off whoever that was in that video, and they didn't press charges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just play devil advocate. And let's say it's not the girl that Sparkle thought was her, her niece. Right. Well, somebody knows who child that was. Yeah, yeah. So why ain't nobody come forward and say, well, this is, it wasn't this girl, but this was this girl. Right. She was underage. So why wouldn't somebody step forward and say, well, R. Kelly was messing with somebody that was that young? Yep. What were you trying to hide? What were you trying to protect? Or what were you trying to gain? <laughs> the, 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 the crazy thing is this, and, I'm, and I think it's safe to say that everyone on this panel and on this podcast today grew up listening to R. Kelly. He basically raised us when you think about it, right? Is that safe to say? R. Kelly is, that a, is safe a, to a say. cultural yeah. phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching, mm-hmm. uh, I was watching the Big Bang Theory. And this is something about listening to R. Kelly music. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when Aaliyah's album came out, and I remember when he was in the background and there was rumors about um, about he and her, and then there was an alleged, you know, at that time it was alleged in Vibe magazine they had an alleged uh, marriage certificate. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, don't forget, those of us, we know, there was no social media, so you read everything, you know, via the news, the news may not even pick it up or, you know, maybe MTV picked it up or BET picked it up and then you'd get a magazine and try to try to follow up with it. That's the way it was back then. Right. But uh, I remember they showed that uh, interview with Big Les and when he and her both came on and they were like had matching guest outfits on with the Mickey Mouse uh, thing yeah. on mm-hmm. what they showed. And I remember that interview uh, during that time and I thought it was an odd interview. And it's one of those, like, when you're old enough to look now, it's like if you were looking at your daughter and another man, you're like, yeah, y'all got more than what y'all say got going on. You could just tell by the vibe uh, and the body language between the two. Um, the body language, right. Yeah, the body language was really, really crazy. Um, but here's the other part that I would say, yo, R. Kelly has had a rebrand at least five or ten times. At least five or ten times. Every time you think you got him, he comes up with something. He's caught up in the news with, in situations with these girls and all this other stuff. He comes out with a hit, and for some reason, somebody the hit is so good, everybody forgets about it. I don't know how true it was, but I saw a video online. I think it was Thursday. Um, it was his birthday just this past, I guess. And he was at some club in Chicago, mm-hmm. and... They were cheering him on. He was singing, and they, I mean, there were women that were there cheering him on, going on and on, and some say there was something like someone was saying, take me hostage and all this other stuff. Yeah, exactly, yo. I, I, you know, it, it shouldn't have been anybody there. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? But you have to understand. Right. That and, and that, go ahead, Warren, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying, and not only that, but did you not hear right after the documentary his catalog? I mean, he, he 
had more sales to his catalog. Oh, yeah, that was the other that thing. That is ridiculous. He so had, it was you're crazy. Supporting, yes, you're supporting this man and this act. But, you know, be, be honest, when we were listening to his music back then, um, did we really pay attention to the lyrics? That was one of the things that um, when the when the uh, documentary came out and they were talking about some of the reporters, they were like, well, he was telling you back then how sexually crazy he is. Mm-hmm. He's also saying age really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is, they made the, the uh, point on Aaliyah's kid song, Age is Nothing But a Number. Yeah. You know, so he was telling you back then, it does not matter who I come in, you know, and encounter with. I don't care about her age. I, I love sex. I want sex, and I'm going to get it. So we didn't we didn't think about that then. We thought about the beat was good, and you know, the, the words sounded great until after the fact. Mm-hmm. So he really told what his life was about then, but then after, afterwards, I said, okay, does anyone think about this man and the fact that he's troubled and that he's crying? Back then, he was crying out because he's troubled, but the fact that he is great in music, his music hit the fact that he's a troubled individual. Mm-hmm. And he, he you know, preyed on the ones that were very vulnerable and did not know. That's crazy. One, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that that same mentality that those people had at that concert are the same people that are with them now. Mm-hmm. They have this idea and this image of who R. Kelly is, and they don't change that until they get into this situation with him, and then they start he's, they start being abused by him. So the same girl that are locked away with him now probably had that same mentality that he's just so great, he's so wonderful, he's a genius. And of course he didn't do those things. Those people are just making these stories up about him. But they don't really understand it until they find themselves in that same predicament that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, to to uh, to Kathy's point regarding the, the lyrics, um, you didn't think about that back then. You'd just be like, yo, this is R. Kelly. This is what everybody bumping, right? You know, you, you know um, because uh, I remember them saying that second album, the 12 play album, when that came out, they was like, that's when he really, really took off and he just continued to grow and grow and grow. And by the time he had made, I believe I can fly. It was, you know, it was just, he was out of here then. Um, I just don't think this younger generation of people that talk about it on social media and stuff realize how powerful R. Kelly was back then because the hits kept coming i mean there wasn't anybody i mean when you when you start when you start having people come to you for hits to write songs and i'm not just talking about black artists i'm talking about celine dion i'm talking about you know celine dion that name by itself is is enough you know but he's worked with janet jackson michael jackson he's worked with um, Whitney Houston, he's worked with, I mean, there's a list of people that that's not even hip hop, uh, superstars that he's worked with. He's got a ton of hip hop stars that he's worked with. I mean, I just don't think people know how powerful R Kelly is. And again, this is magnified now due to social media, but back then you get bits and pieces of news the way that you could. Um, 
and I know a lot of times in their industry and in the entertainment industry, a lot of things are kept under the rug because of who that person is. But a conscience has to say to you, this is wrong and I'm not going to work for you and I'm going to report what I know. Um, and I know some people, you know, if he was that powerful one, some people, especially women, they could have been scared, right? You know, especially if somebody say, you know, I can have such and such do something to you, right? Um, but they, the one thing that I got I to gotta give to this documentary is they did highlight other celebrities who have been in this same situation. Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. Woody Allen. For God's sake, Woody Allen married. He ended up getting a divorce from his wife. Because he married the stepdaughter that they had adopted. That's Woody Allen. You know, so I know when I was thinking about this and, and, and talking about this on the thinking about this on the pod for the podcast, my thought was, was it a time that we were in where this stuff was normal? Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. A lot of people have been bringing up the fact on social media that if you remember in high school, there was always a guy that will come by and pick the pretty girl up or the most popular girl up in school that you knew was out of high school that was older and she drive off with him and nobody really said anything or questioned it. And I'm wondering during that time, because all this stuff is coming up and some of these accusations are coming up, not just on R. Kelly, but on other celebrities from 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, some of them, were we in a different time where some things were just acceptable? And when we look at it now, you're like, no, that's just absolutely wrong. But do y'all understand what I'm saying about the whole high school thing? There's always been a guy, it seems like, that I can remember, an older guy picking up, you know, a young lady that may have been a junior or a sophomore, um, you know, in high school, and he's been out of high school for two, three years. Yeah. But except for Leah and the the 14-year-old girl, the other ones were 17 and up. So can that be considered by law lawfully to do? Even though he was older, because in Illinois the the um, age consensual age is seventeen, mm-hmm. so technically they can't prosecute him on that because he was within bounds doing that. So with those type of people, it's a problem that he was dating somebody that young, or the abuse that he was putting them through. Which one is it? Are they really upset about? Right. Because if the law says that you can somebody that's seventeen. And you couldn't be 25, 30 years old. So what can you really do about that? I think... If uh, parents have no, no problem with that, then what can we really do about it? I, I, here's, here's the deal. I hear what you're saying, and Kathy, I'll let you respond to that as well. Here's what I say. I say this because, and Juan, you know, you know, when we growing up, if you were 17 and, you were talk, and, and there was a young lady that was interested in you that you were 15, people would say something to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and now we know that in this day and age, you know, if you have a girlfriend or you have a wife or a fiance or whatever, and you're two years older, that means nothing. My thought on that is, yeah, she may have been of age, right? But she is still very, uh, very immature, even though, um, it's, it's naturally known that most girls at that age are a lot more mature than boys, but she's still very impressionable. She's still very immature. Now, if you take someone that let's say in their forties, and they and and there's a young lady that uh, that's interested in a man that's in his 40s and say she's 27 or 28. 
then that is a much more to me, and this is just my opinion, that is a young lady that's a little bit more mature in age and able to uh, determine and make her decisions, um, you know, more mature decisions on who she wants to date. So by any means, I don't think what we're saying here is that there's anybody, you know, you, you know, an older person can't be with a younger person. But what, what I think on that is, yeah, they, she may have been of age, but she's still very impressionable. She's still very immature. Right. So you being the celebrity right. that you are, you, you should, one, you should know better. But two, she's going to be magnetized by your celebrity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter to me. So I, you know, yeah, by law, I probably. But even with that, you still had those, those two 30-year-olds that got caught up in this mess. They should have known better themselves. Yeah. But again, the celebrity, but, right? What is that excuse? Exactly, that celebrity. The celebrity part. They're looking at what they can get from it. Yeah. Go or ahead. I can brag about how with R. Kelly. <laughs> Go ahead, Kathy. What were you, you, you going to say? What I was going to say is um, the scenario that you brought up was the older boy and the younger girl in high school, and he's probably out. Um, that probably was at a time acceptable. And I use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, 17, I was dating a guy that was 21. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was dating that. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, when he wanted to see me, he had to see me when my mother was home. So he had to agree to come to the house. When my mother was there, we could go no further than the living room. Mm-hmm. And when he wanted to take me out, one of my sisters went with me. So it it was it was controlled. Mm-hmm. I got you. So I think when when you have those types of situations, um, and the fact that the the young man is meeting the family or or what have you then I think you'll be okay. But going back to the, the R. Kelly situation, just as Warren said, where were the parents? Why were the parents making these types of uh, decisions? Why were they allowing these young ladies to be with this older man, especially the 14-year-old? Um, and I think, Warren, to your, your sentiment of, of age, Still, 17 is still young compared to the kid's age. That's mm-hmm. still under age. 18, right. you are considered and seen as an adult, no matter the air of time. So it could be, you know, 1992, 93, or whatever, 17 is still under age. And those young ladies, I don't care if you are 17, you are very impressionable and you are very vulnerable. Just like one of the young ladies stated, she said that she wanted to get into the music career. Okay, she wants to be in the music industry. She wants to have a music career. So the fact that R. Kelly paid attention to her or noticed her in the mall, she was okay with it. Where was her mother? Mm-hmm. See, look what I'm saying to that. It's what was that? Legally, it's legally okay by the age number legally, but like I was saying, where are the parents at? If the parents don't have a problem with it, then what can we actually do about it? I can see if the parent was right. saying, well, 
I don't want my child around this man. I'm, she's still under age. She's still under my care. Stay away from my child. But if you are pushing your child off towards him, then what can anybody else do about it? There's really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Because yeah. if he if he gets brought up. like one of those girls said that, that, that she was flying out of Chicago. She's 17 years old. I wish I would tell my mother that I'm going to fly to Chicago <laughs> to meet somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, the like, uh, and the mother's like, I can't do nothing about it. What do you mean you can't do nothing about it? She's not 18. She's still 17. What do you mean you can't do anything about it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, well, did, did you guys catch that part where. The brother said, the brother was like, oh, so he likes young women. So what? Like, he likes younger girls. So what? Did you did you guys catch that? Is that the one that was in jail? Yeah. Listen, 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 let me tell you. When I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This is his brother? Yes. This is his brother, right? Right, right. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. He's the only one that's going to keep his mouth closed because he got a hundred thousand dollars in the record. He wanted screen time. He wanted screen time. I said, what in the world? I was like, out of all the people y'all could have got to do the interview, you got to get the brother with the striped jumpsuit on in jail. I was like, I was like, come on, y'all, come on. But maybe they, you know, the two brothers that spoke, maybe they were, you know, the one that was in jail. Maybe you know, you know. That's who they could get to come forward and speak about uh, some stuff because he was around them. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I said it. I said that they were uh, the parents, uh, the people that were around him working for R. Kelly. They were all he was the meal ticket. And he knew that and he took advantage of it. This is not the first time uh, someone in a position of power has taken advantage of 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 someone else. Right. You're in positions of power when you're as big of a I mean, R. Kelly was a megastar. When you're as big as him, um, it's very, very easy to get caught up in a situation where he tells you, I'm going to cut you off if you don't do what I say. You know what I mean? And one of the things that was brought up was he was very, very, um, um, what's the word am I looking for? They always said that controlling. He was very controlling in everything. They said not just in, mm-hmm. and he was controlling in music, but they said he was also controlling when it came to the girls. Um, the one thing that stood out to me in, in, in this documentary was when the, uh, one of the young ladies, or maybe it was his wife, uh, it might've been more than one person that said it, but they said, uh, R. Kelly is fun. He's a good guy. The R. Kelly person, the character R. Kelly, he's fun. He's a good guy. You know, he's very, very nice. They said, Robert is the devil. Robert is the devil. Yep. That, that, that stood out to me because this is, you know, these were people that, we're very, very close to him. And the thing we got to understand is, and you know, the next, after the document, uh, the documentary came out, people were saying that his streams have seen more music play, um, since the documentary came out, which is adding to that, that helps him as far as from a, a revenue standpoint. And I said, and people didn't understand it. I said, well, what you got to understand is this newer generation, these, these, last two generations let's just say generation uh the millennials and then generation z um they heard of r kelly they probably know a little bit about him but it wouldn't surprise me if they really didn't know all of the hits that he has actually had you know so it's like for them discovering discovering something to do just like when the new edition movie came out 
um, they saw an increase in their streams and album sales online. Well, that was because a whole other generation of people heard their music and liked the song, so they started streaming and buying the music. So that's not unusual. Or, or I guarantee you they've heard, oh, I've heard that song before. I didn't know that was R. Kelly. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I just found it interesting that parents would let it go that far. I found it interesting that um, nobody came forward. Um, or, or to your point earlier, one, you said people would get paid off, you know, not to say anything. Um, but one of the men, and I think it might have been the tour manager, did say that he did come to him one time and asked him and, and, and asked him and said, Hey, man, I need some, you know, I need help. You know, I, I you know, I'm recording these girls, you know, I, I, I guess it got to be too much. And there was a, a piece of guilt about him. He felt guilty. And he said, I need help. I'm, this is going to end up getting me in trouble, you know? Um, and, uh, I don't know if it was after the, the, the first video came out, but they said that he had a habit of doing that. And it's just a lot of sick stuff that they talked about, like the, you know, the gym. I don't know if you guys heard about, you know, the incident with the gym and the, the bed being in the futon mm-hmm. in the middle of the, you know, that's just, he, you know, he's. Oh, no, that was in the recording studio. Huh? That was in the recording studio. Well, no, no, he talked about in the gym as well. There's a recording studio where the bedroom was set up at. That's what you're talking about. Um, but one right. one of the young ladies mentioned that they were in the middle of um, playing basketball once, and then uh, another young lady came in or something, or he had a young lady there, and uh, just they they stopped and he pulled out the futon and that you know it just went at they just went at it right then and there. So that's the type of person that you're dealing with. Um, the young girl that you were talking about that he met in the mall, um, she said um, she said something about you know after it got really bad you know, he'd make her perform sexual acts on, you know, he'd have her perform sexual acts on him, like, while while his friends were in the car, like, degrading stuff. So that's a sick individual. You know what I mean? That's just somebody that's sick. And I'm not saying, like, I feel sorry for him type sick, because 1% of me, and that's just me being human, 1% of me feels sorry for him because I know what happened to him. But at the same time, bro, when you got older, as you got older, you know, you looked at yourself, you should have as much money as you had the same way you was out here getting out those girls, getting those girls. You should have had that same energy trying to mm-hmm. get you some help. And you chose not to do so. Right. So you made a choice. Right. I look at that. I look at that as a, a drug addict. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean that there's somebody going to wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to try crack in the morning. Mm-hmm. Knowing that how dangerous it is. Had ruins people's lives, and they get hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And so I look at R. Kelly as doing, going through whatever he went through that caused him to be like this, and then it keeps going on for so long and so long, and so long that it becomes something that he has to do other things just to get high off of it. Mm-hmm. He has to do all this, this crazy stuff just to make him feel better about himself. So he's not really trying to mm-hmm. counseling to fix it. He's just trying to. Better at what he's doing at it. He just yeah. He's got to take it to another yeah. next I level. Look at it as, as, right. Take it to the next level. But I also believe, yeah. too, guys, that this is a choice. Mm-hmm. He is choosing to be like this. You know? Um, again, it, it all stems from, you know, a traumatic part of his life mm-hmm. in early years. And just as you said, 
uh, warned that, you know, he, he, he didn't take care of it, which he should have. And it's his high. It's his mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it. Just a comparison between him and his brother. His brother said he also got molested as well. Right. So you look at his brother, that floor of a manly type of figure, and if something like that happens to him, it's going to humble him. But they said R. Kelly was a, a quiet child. He really kept to himself. So when something like that happened to him, he just broke him out of his shell. Mm-hmm. So you can have the same incident happen to two different people, and they go in two different directions with what happened to them. Right. And I think that's what happened. One person received this treatment, and it humbled them. It kind of pushed them back some. But then the other person received the same kind of treatment, and it just broke him out of his shell. So you have R. Kelly because of what happened to him. Well, I can tell you this, and uh, we're gonna we're as as we get begin to close. But um, I will say that again, I'm always looking ahead and looking into um, and you know going into a rabbit hole, if you will. I'm just wondering, and I'm thinking, and someone else had said this. I don't remember who, but in this day and age, with so many things going on with girls and people being snatched, and human sex trafficking happening. And other things, the way that he had those young ladies in those hotels, um, way that he had them dressed, there may be, you know, the the one young lady, uh, and, and we've seen it for Aaliyah, from Aaliyah as well, where there was more of a street look, a boyish look to Aaliyah, you know, um, and then, you know, after she, you know, once she left R. Kelly, you saw more of a glamorous, beautiful girl. She was always beautiful. Um, but, you know, when she was with Kelly, it was the baggy jeans. It was the baseball caps. It was that. But he sort of did the same thing to that young lady that got picked up from that hotel. You know, she's got slides on. She's got shorts on. She's dressed like a boy. And that just makes me think, you never know. The, there may be something with boys as well. You know, someone as sick as they, he uh, is. They also said that uh, he had her put on some kind of like makeup, like she had a beard or something. Yeah. Point in there. Yeah. It's it's hey. just just some sick things. But I had heard I had heard earlier. I don't know why they didn't bring it up. I don't know if it's connected to what's going on now. That he was kind of mixed up in some form, some kind of homosexual kind of activities. See. They didn't bring it out in there. But in the earlier report, I heard something about that. Might have been like six months ago. Something like that came out about it. Now, now think about that, and think about this day and age. He has access to things in this day and age as simply as picking up a phone or going online and being able to get right. girls. Think about having people there when we know these people are out there, and there are some sick people out there where you can call, you can get a girl. You know, you can get. Um, and, and what's crazy about this is Madame uh, posted something on her Instagram as well, Juan, today about human trap, not human trafficking. I don't want to lie. Like mail order bride type deals. It, or, it's actually legal here in the United States. So what that means for our listeners is there's an article and it came from CVS and the Associated Press that says that you can order someone from another country as a bride to bring them here to the United States after paying so much for them. And in this specific instance that Madame was given, it said that uh, there's a 49-year-old male in the United States seeking a 14- or 15-year-old girl um, through a male bride 
type registry type deal from overseas. So with in this day and age that we are in, he had money back then, like in the nineties, two thousands, he had money. So yeah, you know, that's how you can get it. But it's even easier access for him is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Now, you never know this guy, he could have a ring. He can have, I mean, because the way I was looking at it was like, okay, he's got girls at this hotel. He's got girls at this hotel. They talked about how they put him in a house. One girl was in this room. This girl was in this room. This girl was in this room. To me, that's a ring. You got these girls going in and out. You're holding them against your will. That is, to me, in my opinion, that is uh, uh, human trafficking. That is human trafficking. (laughs) You know, you're holding them against your will. You're doing all these things. And you have the money to do so. And there are people that will do anything for money. And I think the I think one thing that we can all agree on, not speaking for everybody, but one thing we can all agree on is a lot of those things wouldn't have happened to those people, to Juan's point earlier, if it wasn't about the money. And I heard a, um, um, I can't think of his name. Is his name Kareem Biggs? Anyway, I'm not. I, I may have his first name wrong, but I know they call him Biggs. Biggs is one of the founders of one of the first founders of Rockefeller Records. Yeah. And he, he said in an interview, he said, and that, it really stood out to me. He said, um, money changes, you know, money can change people. And he said, if you're willing to do anything for money, what does that say about you? He brought up a point here recently. He said, um, somebody had reached out him and they wanted Jay Z to come and do, um, like there were two people that had reached two different people. One person wanted him for like an hour to perform and they were willing to give him $3 million. And then somebody else offered like five or $10 million for one hour. And he said, Hey, he called Jay up and was like, yo, Jay, you know, this person wants you to do X, X, X for it. And he's like, Jay was like, nah, he's like, I'm good. I'm not on that right now. You know what I mean? So what that, what that's telling me is Jay, you know, and his point was Jay Z is basically saying it's not about money anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm married. I have a family. That's what life is truly about. And a lot of times we get caught up in so much in money that we forget that. And uh, again, one, and, and you guys will see this tomorrow uh, on my Instagram. We'll start doing something called my two cents. So make sure you check me out and follow me at um, Frank underscore styles, S T Y L Z. But tomorrow morning, I'm going to drop this every Monday and I'm going to be talking about a blue check, blue check mentality. And, um, one, we've talked about blue check mentality before or being blue check, you know, society tells you that in this day and age, Kathy, that in social media, if you don't have a blue check mark by your name, you're a nobody society, society says that you're not important because you don't, you're not important enough for them because you disagree with what they're saying, or you don't agree with their ways. You're not important enough to make a comment about how you feel about a situation because you're nobody because you don't have a blue check check mark or you don't have mm-hmm. enough followers to be responding to that person. When did we get like that? And, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's crazy because at the end of the day, if these millennials understood what real work was, they would understand that these people that they look up to that are rick- making real money and doing real things. There was no social media era mm-hmm. at the time that they were actually doing it. So when you look at somebody like a Sean Combs, a Sean Diddy Combs, he didn't have no social media to get to where he is today. When you look at a Jay-Z, he didn't have any social media to get to where he is today. 
when you look at, and they're going to say, oh, yeah, but those are street dudes. Okay. When you look at somebody like uh, Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, he didn't have any social media to get to where he is today. That's what makes their story so inspiring. And these kids got to understand that you have no right to say no one is as important as you because you got a bunch of followers. And half of the people that are out there on these social media platforms saying all this crazy stuff and acting like they're living a lifestyle couldn't give you a thousand dollars that same day if they if they had to. Because it's all smoke and mirrors. We got to get out of that that mentality of thinking, you know, you want to be paid. You want the bag. Right. But you don't want to put in the work to get the bag. We got to get out of that. And that's exactly what I was going to say. These people, the the men and women, men sense, they put in the work. Yeah. And social media makes it easy or gives you the ability that is easy to set forth. Society has perpetuated it to be so. Yep. So, you know, it's, again, I think it, it's going to take um, men and women like us to continue to bring programs like this to educate. That's something that, and this is like a, a side note, that I tell my boys all the time, nothing is given to you. You're going to have to work. And the people that you see on Instagram or Snapchat or you know, whatever social media that you frequent the most, you got to think about why they are doing it. Yep. You know, they want that instant fame. Yep. But in order to get the fame, you have to put in the work. Yep. It's not hard. It's, it, it's, it it's simple. It's not hard. <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> put in the work, and you put in the work long enough, the work. rest will come. It's as old yeah. <laughs> It's as old as apple pie. It's not that hard. It, it, it's really not. You just got to put yeah, in the work. Right. One, what's well, your thoughts in closing? So we have, we've, we've made this lottery mentality, though. Mm-hmm. All you need is one video to go viral, and you're it. You're mm-hmm. on now. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Don't have all these stupid challenges and all this other stuff going on because they just trying to find that one thing that's gonna put them in the limelight, and they got it. That's their fifteen minutes of fame. I mean, just look, look at that little girl, the kids my side girl. Yeah, yeah, yep. She's famous now. Put the wrong way. Acting like a fool. Yep. That's basically all she did. Yep. That's why you know you gotta you you to, to Kathy's point you gotta keep pushing that pushing that agenda of working hard and hard work. And the other part is too, and and a lot of times we forget about this, being kind to people, man. People forget that. Like, you know, we're in such a fast, 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 go, 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 now, now, now society that you got to be kind to people, man. You know, you never know how what you say to a person, especially someone in service, um, how that can affect them. And I make it my point to make sure that um, as kind as many people as I possibly can, when you're kind to people and people see you trying to do something positive, those that have been there and those that might give that might can help you get an opportunity are more willing to help you than they would if you weren't a kind person. That's just the way that I look at it. And stop looking at everything as a payday. Sometimes there's going to be opportunities and it's going to be up to you to decide if you want to take that opportunity. Sometimes an opportunity is not always about getting paid. It's about gaining knowledge to help you get to the next level. And when, you know, we start getting back to that, 
we'll start stop seeing this um, this whole you know this mentality of 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 fast and it's I want it now or I don't like what you said so I'm gonna drag you and then my answer instead of responding um, educationally or responding to you the proper way is to block you that's so corny to me but that's the way that these that's the way that these kids uh, do things now that's the way that they handle stuff so you know um, as we close that social media thing has really hit and I think has really pushed this whole R. Kelly situation even more because again back then we didn't have access to as much information and data as we do now so we'll we'll stay posted on it and and uh, coming up coming up uh in the, some of the episodes as information comes in we'll definitely report on it but um I want to give Kathy B an opportunity to give our listening audience and uh, Styles Boss Studios and productions um give her an opportunity to give her social media out so they can check her out and as well make sure you guys go follow her but kathy give them uh give them your inform your your information so they can check you out yes again thank you frank and more for having me on tonight i truly appreciate it everyone you can go out to kathy b source radio network on facebook you can also go over to our main station page with the Source Radio Network, and definitely check out um, over 2,000 shows on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Source Radio. Hey, Juan, could you tell she's done that before? <laughs> yeah, she's done, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, we appreciate you coming on, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get you back on uh, throughout the year because we get it. You know, I know there's some some. You've always got great topics, and you're always a, a good go-to for for information. And have you come on if if you will to come back. Um, this has been episode 19 of the Let's Be Honest podcast. And don't forget, guys, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Frank underscore Styles S T Y L Z. You can catch me on Twitter at Frank Styles One. And obviously, the Facebook page is Styles Boss Productions. Make sure you go out and like that page and check that out. Got a lot of a lot of stuff coming up for 2019. Hopefully, we're going to be able to start some live streaming, and we are in the process of producing a more uh, less less serious show, a little bit more about hip hop culture, and um, we are looking for co-hosts. So, if you are interested, make sure that you. Uh, check us out. Um, you can also hit the website at bossradiostation.com. You can email me at frankstyles at bossradiostation.com if you are interested and you think you have what it takes. And um, we're going to be looking forward to that show. That probably that show probably will start launching sometime in March. And uh, we've gotten a, a few people that are, that are interested. So if you think you got what it takes and uh, you're willing to put in the work, feel free to reach out to us there. Um, for Kathy B and my man Juan, this has been episode 19 of the Let's Be Honest podcast. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Remember to be good to others as well as to yourself.